0: Welcome to episode 2 of African and American with yours truly, Six the Goddess. I need to apologize, this episode is a little bit late being released. I was sick, my voice was just completely destroyed, so I kind of had to take a few days to get myself back right. Um, I'm here in Orlando, Florida, and it's literally been like 45 degrees one day, and then 75 degrees the next day, so... I, I've been holding on. I haven't gotten sick, and then it finally hit me. So, once again, I apologize for this episode being a few days late. Um, but um, it's a pretty good show uh, this week. There's a few things that I do want to talk about. Um, our main topic this week will be African spirituality, how it differs from religion, how you incorporate it into your everyday life, why it's relevant today, and, um, it's funny because when I just look at the facts, when I just look at the the the, the reality here is that there's been five generations of our people that have like died, um, you know, waiting on a savior. And it's just like, at what point do we try to switch things up? Our people have done everything to attempt to free themselves and liberate themselves except for turning to our own forms of African spirituality collectively, collectively. Um, And that's, that's so interesting to me. So it's like, okay, so we would rather, you know, continue to hold on to this hope as opposed to saying, okay, clearly this has not worked. Clearly this has not gotten us anywhere. It's time to try different methods, but no. I I really and truly feel like at this point there are so many of our people that are just so highly invested in the church that are so highly invested in religion that even if they do see that what they're doing may not make the most sense might not be the most logical that they're prone to still hold on to it. And, you know, that's just something that baffles me. Um, I was raised Jehovah's Witness. And if there's anyone that understands reading the Bible, you know, gathering for Bible studies, it's me. I was that person that, you know, had to go two, three days a week, door to door, preaching the word referring to my religion as the truth for years. And and looking back, I'm like, okay, nothing about this ever felt right to me. I there's a book called the My Book of Bible Stories, and it basically is a children's book to break down each Bible story um, you know, into a form where they can understand. And I remember even just being a kid I remember looking through this Bible story book and thinking to myself there is nobody in here that looks like me. Just you know there was illustrations and when I would you know if you're Jehovah's witness if you have a my book of Bible stories at home just take a quick look through it. There's nobody with brown skin in the whole book and I remember even as a child thinking to myself this just doesn't feel right. This just just doesn't every time we would go to the kingdom hall which is the place where Jehovah's Witnesses gather every time we would go every time I would step inside I would just feel like I was wasting my time it just didn't feel like what I needed to be doing but unfortunately I wasn't given a choice this was the religion that my family had chosen and I wasn't allowed to not go or not believe so I just had to You know, comply. But looking back, I'm like, wow. You know, even even as a child, even before I had certain knowledge of things I have now, I knew that that was not for me. I knew that it was kind of insane to follow a religion that does not reflect you. Um, so I said all that to say, um, like I said, I just want to do a brief overview of African spirituality. It's not something that I can necessarily, you know tell you about and have you bring an understanding to in one episode however you know we're going to touch the the uh, the main points that will help us get a bigger understanding in the future so your everyday life okay how do we incorporate our spirituality what makes spirituality different from religion um the best way in my opinion um, to explain how spirituality and religion differs is to me religion is rules religion is um, organized organized rules and regulations for your everyday life spirituality is about what you feel it is about What your inner conscience, what your subconscious tells you is right and wrong. So, you know, when I have dialogue with, you know, people that are religious, whether they follow the Quran, the Bible, whatever it may be, I say, okay, why do you, you know, why do you follow the Bible? Oh, well, there's things in it that, you know I feel makes me a better person there's good things in it that I feel makes me live a better life so I say okay so the first time that you read this bible the first time that you read something that you deciphered as good how did you know it was good if it was the first time you have read this if you read your bible and it says you know love your brother the way you 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 want to be loved how did you know that that was something good when you read it something in your mind put that in the good file and nobody really ever has an answer a a right answer for me when I ask them that so the answer is your natural God-given conscience that means that before you read before you read that scripture you knew that was good Because when you read it, you recognize it as good. So technically, religion, the Bible, is a middleman between yourself and your conscience, which is unnecessary. We all know that middlemen are unnecessary. Whenever you can cut out a middleman, that is always your best bet. So this is why, as opposed to being so... um, just being so... I'm trying to think of the right word to use. I, I don't want to offend anyone. This is not to bring anyone down or be condescending. It's just, like I said to me, sense. It's just common, it's just common sense. It's just facts. So, um, you know, if, if that's why it's important to listen to yourself. As opposed to, you know, just following the status quo and... I'm going to read my Bible and it's going to tell me what's good and it's going to make me a better person. I mean, how? Because technically you didn't need that to do so. This is the importance of meditation, which is the process of listening to ourselves because us, especially as African people who are heavily melanated, our, our skin, our hair are direct conductors of energy to the most high power to the universe We do not need anyone to tell us right from wrong. We have a natural conscience that tells us right and wrong. Now, do we always follow what we know to be right than what is wrong? No. And that's just human nature. No one's perfect. But we know when we're wrong. We know when something is not right. Um... Growing an Ascension is is the process of when you know your conscience tells you something is wrong, to listen to it. But to say that we need a religion or a Bible to teach us to be good people or teach us to be right from wrong, it, that just really confuses me. Because what are you really saying? Are, are you saying that without that we're bad people? Um. So what I do is I try to daily... If not daily, every other day, just give myself an hour or so, sit in complete silence to meditate, listen to myself, think about things I've done, things I haven't done, take time to reflect on how it made me feel, how I could do things different. I don't need anyone to tell me what is right from wrong. I know. I am highly in tune with my conscience, highly in tune with myself. So I encourage, I encourage everyone to start with that. Just start with half an hour to an hour of meditation daily relax yourself calm down open your mind up and really think be honest with yourself and if you can do that you will learn that that is the greatest form of church that one can go to now that's the church that you want a membership to all right it's it's funny how humans tend to take the easy way out and that to me is what all this comes down to we're too invested in a church to let it go letting it go would be too hard letting it go would mean we'd have to kind of um, confront our ego and be able to admit that we've been wrong for a very long time I think that it's very difficult for people to accept that they have wasted their entire lives in something that is completely made up um no it's a harsh reality to face I know it was hard for me to face it took me years even once I knew the truth deep down inside even when deep down inside I knew the truth I knew this was some bull I still was a Jesus believer I was still a Jesus freak because I was too afraid to accept that I had wasted my entire life on something that is literally a fairy tale to carry out an agenda against us <laughs> so Once I had that understanding, it took me some time. That's why I say, you know, we can't really beat up our brothers and sisters who are still religious because I can personally say how difficult it is to let that go. Letting that go is more than just letting go of a book or a church. It's letting go of years of your life, years of your life that you've been conditioned to believe something that is really all about your demise. So that's a tough pill to swallow. So no majority of human beings probably will never accept it. And that's fine. You know, as long as we can just get on one page that we still are a team, that we still are in this fight together. I'm just at a point, baby, if believing in the Bible and Jesus make you happy and baby, you know, hey, we can't win them all. Let's just pick and choose our battles here. Um, you know, another question that I asked people that are constantly like quoting the Bible is, are you able to formulate your own thought? It's amazing to me how I have dialogue with a Christian and, Everything they say is like, well, the Bible says, well, Deuteronomy says, well, and I'm like, listen, I'm asking you a direct question. I'm asking you, what do you think? Put this book aside. Why do you put so much energy into that book? Do you know who wrote the book? Do you know anything about them? Did you ever meet them? do you do you know who their family is do you do you have any references on what their intentions were this book says on the cover that it is quote-unquote translated listen for me in order to protect my intelligence do not give me anything that is supposedly translated unless you can show me who translated it what their intentions were what their education was Do not give me this book and tell me to base my entire life and beliefs off of this book that is translated. So how do I know what it said before it was translated? And that's why I said it's like with the Bible, you have to just totally disregard it. You know, there may be some things in there that may be good or true. But why would you want to put so much of your time and energy in your and base your whole life on something that has so many holes in it? When you don't even need it, when you already within your conscience can know right from wrong. When there's plenty of other sources, if you are, you know, having questions on history or where you came from, to to view God as a being that grants favor to some and hell to others blows my mind. You know, the reason that we have poverty, the reason why we have, you know, Uh, murder the reason why we have oppression is because of other humans other humans who are greedy it has nothing to do with a devil there is no such thing as a devil you know it's all a matter of physics and science you may have had an accident where you were close to death but didn't die because the physics made something not hit you as hard as it may have hit that is not god granting you favor that that wouldn't even be fair to tell me that, oh, I'm favored and someone else isn't, that doesn't sound like, that, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like what, what I mean, think of the, the bigger picture you're saying here is that you don't really care about other people. You just care about if you're good. I, you know, that doesn't even make any sense. There, there, there's wrong in people that are going through bad things in life because of bad people, because of bad choices. Not because this figurative God has chosen to favor some and then damn others. And that's another point that I think a lot of people don't want to accept because that's a harsh reality to swallow as well. But that's a prime example of how white supremacy works that people, especially black people, would rather blame a red horned devil as opposed to blaming the real devil, which is white supremacy which is man-made. You know, God is life. God is a force. When we look at nature, nature is God, okay? The energy is God. When we have animals that have these instincts to birth their children, to nurse them, to travel according to season, to hunt, to pray, and, and all these animals in nature organize themselves and do what they're supposed to do without anyone having to direct them. That is God. When when you take a sperm and an egg and are able to bring forth an entire new human life as energy from the universe, that is God. We respect God as in the respect of the most high of nature, we respect God as the force inside of us that keeps us alive. God is not someone or, or a man or a woman necessarily that we pray to to favor us and say, screw everyone else. That's not what it is. Miracles happen because of science, scientifically and probability in numbers. Every day there is someone who will die and someone who will not. Every day there is someone who will survive a disease and someone who won't. These all depend on your elements. It depends on your eating. It depends on your location. This is not God saying, I'm going to choose to favor this person and let this other person starve to death. That is not the way God works. This is our human bodies. This is white supremacy. These are other people causing the bad. Um... So I think that once we can first understand that that is what God is. That God is a force. It is a power. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So it is an eternal energy that has simply always existed. That's it. It's that simple. You know, I think that we kind of, we put too much thought into it because we want to make it make sense to us. But we don't tell the most high power how to operate. It tells us how to operate. And it's a matter of kind of humbling yourself to accept that. Um... Now, when it comes to African spirituality, it's just not, not something that I feel like I can describe in one episode. I would encourage everyone to find locations that African spirituality is being practiced and show up. Um, it's something that takes time to study and understand um, your ancestors, your immediate ancestors, especially you know, it, it's their job to kind of guide you. It's their go- their job to kind of protect you. So it's great to have an ancestor altar in your home where um, you just need a, a white piece of fabric, like a white tablecloth of some sort. And you can um, uh, set it up and you need water because uh, water symbolizes the replenishment of life. Um and something living like a plant or a flower. And you can use candles and put pictures of your immediate ancestors on your altar. If you go into any Chinese restaurant, Chinese nail shop, or Indian restaurant, or Indian business of any sort, they always, if you pay close attention, have an altar for their ancestors. Every single location, because they understand the importance of giving back to them, of honoring them because they know that that's who's going to protect them and look look, uh, look after them. So I challenge everyone to find a small table, put a white tablecloth over it, put a plant, some water, some pictures of your ancestors and just get started on honoring them. Once you start honoring them, things just start to kind of fall into place from there. So that's my listeners homework for this week. Get an ancestor altar um, set up. Um, this is not something that you feel has to be pagan or demonic against your beliefs if you are religious. This is just something to show love to the people that are going to watch over you. Show love to the people that are going to really have your back. Show love to the people that want to see the best for you. So get it started. It doesn't have to be fancy. You know, as long as you just get it, you you just begin to build it. Like I said, it kind of grows on its own and it naturally will progress from there so like i said that's a little homework for this week now as you get more in tune with the connections to your ancestors um to other people within your communities that practice african spirituality as well um you can get readings done and basically you can get an ancestral reading and you can get like some divine intervention going on according to different things that you have going on in your life. If you have questions that you want to ask or looking for guidance or things of that nature, um, like I said, it's kind of something that you'll probably have to find out word of mouth because people that practice African spirituality are not normally um you know, on TV with it, you know, the way they are in a church and stuff. So it's a matter of just, you know, keeping your ears and eyes out within your community to find people that, you know, do practice and can give you readings. Um, now, African spirituality is something that would take a very long time to explain, but just um, there, there is something within the spiritual system called the, uh, I guess the best way is to say like the deities. Now, the deities are not gods, okay? I want to make this very clear because I feel like a lot of times people who are religious, the issues they have with practicing African spirituality is that they feel as though it's quote-unquote pagan. Um, But if we pay attention to what pagan is, pagan is just simply something outside of the Christian beliefs. So I don't like that word, but I'm just using it kind of like for layman's terms so that people can understand. Um... But however, this is not the worship of multiple gods. The deities simply represent different elements in life and nature. Um, For example, um, I travel with Eshu. And Eshu, he is the deity of, um, you know, traveling, uh, duality, Um, and then you have like Obatala, who he is the deity of like the creation and light. You have Ogun, he is a deity of war, um, fire. And then you have Shango, who was a deity of thunder and lightning. Um, we have my favorite, which is Oshun, which is the energy that I feel I channel. And this is the goddess of love and intimacy, the deity. And then you have her sister Oya. Um, she is a deity of fertility, um, fire, life, and these are just some examples. Um, this is something, there are plenty of books available, um, plenty of information available. So I do encourage everyone to look into that uh, more. Now, one thing that um, one thing that I wanted to talk about was kind of the lack of trust for our own spiritual systems and we have to look at why that is like why is it that asian people have their altars worship their ancestors pray to their ancestors you know people in in hispanic culture uh people in the indian culture but it's like for some reason as blacks especially as blacks in the diaspora We are so hesitant to practice our own spiritual systems. And I never understood why I do feel like because our spiritual systems have been demonized, that that is why it's, it's funny to me, as I stated earlier in the cast, how I said that it it seems like we as a people, not seems like, but the fact is that we, as a people have tried everything except for turning to our own African spiritual systems, you know, directly. And, 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 and look at why that is. And it's because, you know, initially, that was the first thing that they kind of took from us was our own beliefs, our own spiritual systems and, and replace it with religion. And, and it's funny, because that's why I say that sometimes you know, whites know more about us than we know about ourselves. So the first thing they did was to take away our spirituality. Our well, Actually, you know what? They can't take away our spirituality. They took away the open practice of our spirituality. And then the next thing was to turn the men and women against each other. So I feel like paying attention to that, that these clearly are the two most powerful things that we can have as African people. So if anything, if nothing else, I just encourage my people to practice black love, practice African spirituality. That is where our healing is at. That is where our power is at. And for so many of us to be so hesitant to to do that shows the conditioning. It shows that we have definitely been brainwashed and, and who is in control of that. We already know who is in control of that, us. So therefore, we have to make that choice to do better and do what we just haven't tried yet. Everything else we have tried, this we have not. So I encourage everyone to be open-minded and start looking into it and look into practicing it more with your family and kind of grow from there. I also want to take a moment to invite everyone to uh, tune into a YouTube channel of a friend of mine, Spoken Reasons. Um, I recently just did a video with him about protecting black women. Um, It is very, very interesting. Um, It just seems to me as though the underlying number one problem here is that black people are looking to white people for permission to love themselves to practice our own spiritual systems, to strictly love one another, you have to look at the way that white supremacy works. The fact that we feel hesitant to to verbally say that we want to be about one another, that we want to stick with each other, considering everything that we go through, considering the history, the fact that we're even hesitant to vocalize that, well, some of us, shows that is what racism and white supremacy is. The fact that black people feel as though they will offend their quote unquote white friends, I don't even understand what that means, okay? Anyone who is educated on the way this works would know. This is the way I feel about black people who say that they have white friends. If you have white friends, that means that you should not feel as though you should have to keep quiet about your issues that you face as a black person, about racism, about white supremacy. If you feel as though you have to play that we're all one people, it's not about color. I don't see color. You know, it's just about who treats me right. Bro, it's not about the way we treat each other. The way you're treating each other has nothing to do with the bigger picture here. Because a white person is nice to you does not change the fact that we have our own black men getting 20 or 30 years on their first offenses on nonviolent charges. Okay, look at what really matters here. This is about life or death. Because a few white people were nice to you, that does not mean that racism is solved. It does not mean that Though even if white people are nice to you, it doesn't even mean you're not racist, okay? For it's still going on today where you have um, white people who will employ black people, have friends with black people, and call them all kind of niggas behind their back. If you look at the way that white people talk when we're not around, Bro, you would be amazed, and the only reason why I know is because I have family who is biracial, but they look mostly white, and they say their friends have to literally put disclaimers before they take them anywhere with white people to say, just so you know, they're half black, because white people talk completely different when we're not around. i I I, I heard a white girl say, yeah, so my friend Six is coming, a girl I work with, yeah, and she's black, but don't worry, she's not like that, like I know what you're thinking, but she's not like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying white people would have us breastfeeding their babies they would have us watch their kids they would fuck us that does not mean they're not racist I want to just scream this in the ears of all my brothers and sisters just because they fuck you just because they're your quote unquote friend does not mean they are not racist they still have negative thoughts when it comes to black people they still will stereotype you and they still can use their whiteness against you at any minute if I piss off one of my sisters and we fight we ain't calling the police because The police probably take both of our asses to jail. With your white friends, bro, they are one phone call away from having your ass thrown under the bus. There is so many of us who have been in situations where because you are the token black person in this group, guess who is the one that's going down? I don't know about you, but I am hesitant to put so much trust in someone who at the snap of a finger can easily have my ass gone, like gone for a ticket. That is the bigger picture here. It amazes me how basic minded we are. Black people get so upset at Donald Trump like, oh, I can't believe he said this and said that. And it's like you do understand that majority of white people feel the same way that he feels. They just do not vocalize that what people think and what people say is a whole different story here. The only way for white people to not be racist is to go through years of thorough education on what racism is, how to not be racist. White people are born racist in order to not be racist. They have to educate themselves period. I don't, this is not up for debate. I don't care what no one says. I know this for a fact. It is a conditioning. So unless that person, that white person, has taken time out their day to educate themselves on white supremacy, I don't want to hear that they're not racist because they fuck you or because they're your fucking friend. It's crazy to me that in the midst of our children being murdered in the street and gunned down with no kind of justice, white people will find the the, the, the gall and the balls to still in the midst of that be like, so what you're saying is you have a problem with me and that's crazy to me it's crazy to me that in the midst of all this the white people really will sit and be like so you don't like me I wasn't the one that did it you know the white person I feel is not racist the white person who says you know what it's not about me the white person that says, you know what? Y'all need to stick with each other and love each other. Look at this system built against you. You know the white people I think are not racist? The white people that mind their fucking business. The white people who don't even open their mouths to comment on black issues because they know that they cannot. The white people who don't cry like, why can't we say the N-word? You all say the N-word. The white people that understand the way that favor and privilege works. The white people who shut their mouths on our issues because they know that no matter what they say or do, they can never understand what it's like to go through what we went through. You know the white people I think are not racist? The ones that don't constantly need to remind us they have black friends or a black boyfriend or a black girlfriend and take lots of pictures with all their black friends like, look at me, I'm not racist. You know the white people I think are not racist? The ones that do not want I'm not racist cookies. I cannot stand white folks that be like, I love all people. I would never bitch good. You're supposed to bitch. The fuck do you want a, a cookie bitch? What you want? Chocolate cake or or, or, or or sugar cookie? You know what I'm saying? Let me know. Those are the white folks I think are not racist. The white folks that are able to say, That you know what we came from the Caucasus Mountains as Neanderthals, and we have a lower conscience than black folks, and that's why we are able to do the disgusting and inhumane things to other people the way we do. Those are the white people that I would say are not racist. The ones who can admit to what they are, the ones who can admit that 98% of our ancestors were murderers and racists and bigots. The ones who can admit that, the ones were what I call these racists cracker ass devils. They're like, I agree. They are the white people who have taken time to educate themselves on what racism is, what slavery was and how it affects us today. But those white folks that want to tell me it's, it's about love, love wins. It's about friends. It's about liking me. It's about all people. It's about, I don't want to hear that shit. You're racist. That's what being racist is making it about you okay if everything was about being nice to someone anyone could be nice to you the judge can be nice to you and then sentence you to 50 years for having a one gun on you I don't understand that when black folks really honestly I mean truly feel as though because a white person is is nice to them they are not racist that blows me like are we that simple and basic minded is it that easy Donald Trump represents an entire nation's mindset, not one person. Donald Trump has become the punching bag for racism, that everyone just puts it all on him, even white people. If white people want to get black folks to like him, all they got to say is, yeah, that jerk Trump. Meanwhile, subconsciously, they agree with everything that bitch says. I feel like I just want my people to to have like a hidden camera show of what white people say when you're not around. They would be shocked, it's crazy to me when folks are shocked at the things Trump says, like, I can't believe he said that. What do you mean? White folks have been saying this shit for hundreds of years. And it's crazy to me how 80% of the white race enslaved you, yet you will sit and tell me how most of black people are bad and, and that's why you don't see color because I have black people that have been mean to me. I've had white people be mean to me. You know, it's just about that person. That's crazy to me. So like 80% of these people enslaved your ancestors and all you can do is tell me about how that one black person that hated on you in eighth grade is the reason why you don't see color. That's crazy. We are sick. And I'm just to the point right now where it's like, bro, y'all, you can be, if you want to be friends with white folks, you can do that. But we ain't talking about friendship. We talking about life or death. We talking about survival. Shit is getting real in this country. Are your white friends going to die with you or for you? No. And they shouldn't. They'd be an idiot too. I damn sure wouldn't die for someone else either. You know, so I just want us to get a bigger understanding on what racism really is. It is not about nice or not nice. I am a huge fan of Muhammad Ali. And Muhammad Ali put this the best. And keep in mind, he is saying this in a period of time where, you know, there is still Jim Crow. And he would sit in front of audiences of white people and say this shit, which is why I just hit the ground he walks on. And he and a and white man said, he said, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, do you feel like all white people are racist? And Muhammad Ali said, um, well, the best way I can answer that is. You know, if uh, I don't remember if he said snake or a lion, I can't remember. But he was like, basically, if I was basically what he said was like, if I was thrown into a lion's den, okay, would I would I take the time to go to each lion and be like, hey, are you hungry? Are you going to eat me (laughs) or am I going to know what that lion is capable of and do the best to save myself and act accordingly? So it's the same thing. Even though that was years ago, the same thing is going on today. You may have white friends, but understand what it means when you when you're asking white people to not be racist. Essentially, what you're asking is for them to denounce their own family. Okay, I, I never understood the the bigger problem here. I don't feel like I'm going to say this and I and quote me on this. I don't feel like white people are wrong for instilling white supremacy, for keeping their foot on our necks. I don't feel like they are wrong. I feel like they are smart. I feel like they know that that is how you survive. That is how you survive. What I am mad at is black folks thinking that these people are supposed to what? Sacrifice for us die with us or for us. For what? That's not their job. You're not their family. They need to be here for their families. That is what this is about. It is not about who is nice to you. It's not about who is your friend. It is deeper than that. There is a bigger picture here. White people should think that they are beautiful. They should celebrate their own beauty, their own hair, their own skin. So that's what they should be doing. I don't feel like it's fair for us to be telling them you should think you should include our beauty you should include us in this for what they're doing them no we should have our own shit going on and it's funny because every other race does this except for us and then when we do attempt to do it we are made to be the bad guy have you ever seen the way cubans interact if you go to if you deal with the cubans in miami if you are not cuban they don't even do business with you they ain't even breaking no bread with you and that's fine. No one says anything. Asian people employ each other, stick with each other. They marry each other. No one sees a problem with it. But then it's like the minute I say I only want to do business with my own, I only want to marry my own. I'm I'm racist then. And and anyone that calls that racist doesn't even know what racism really is. So, you know, I just that is what I want to leave the show off on this week. I want my folks to meditate. I want you to meditate on what I said. I know your first reaction is, love wins I don't want to hear that that it's that's not what this is about but I want you to really look at the direction things are going and have always been going and the realizations we're going to have to come to the sides are going to kind of just have to be taken and I just want us to get a bigger understanding of racism and how it works so we can understand because right now a few white folks are, are nice to you and you think they're not racist and that's scary it's scary that it's that easy for them to gain our trust I need to stick around who I know can't switch up on me. My brothers or sister doesn't matter how much you're upset or don't like me or mad at me. You cannot switch up on me. You can't. You're on my side whether you like it or not. So that is who I choose to invest in. I am hesitant to invest in someone where at the snap of their fingers can turn on me and send me up the road. Even with a false accusation as we've seen as this has been going on for hundreds of years. Look at the patterns, look at consistency. We are moving past friendship and we are moving into survival mode. Things are different. Things are not getting any better. So I already know that when we hear information that makes us uncomfortable, our first reaction is always to kind of block it out. But instead of blocking out what I'm saying, like I said, I just want you to meditate on what I'm saying. I just want you to kind of think about it. Um, I'm gonna be announcing on my Instagram, goddess underscore six footer what our topic next week will be so stay tuned on my page for updates on that also youtube is launching and as always love peace and black power all